Miami Hurricanes have a top 10 class again. Malik Bryant is in. So now the question is, who's next? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Thanks to everyone who listened to and watched our Malik Bryant episode yesterday. So excited about this player and the linebacker core that Miami is now building. Malik Bryant, a four-star. I love Malik, who's a very natural pass rusher and an absolute beast on the field. Seems like a great young man as well. Miami's already got Popo. And by the way, I need to clarify something. When I talk about Popo, um, every time I say his name on this pod, I get people angry about the pronunciation. Uh, he is of, um, what is it, Dominican ascent, I believe, um, Dominican or Cuban, and his last name should be pronounced Aguirre, and I'm going to really roll the R's for emphasis, but I heard his coach refer to him as Aguire. I think that's how they've been pronouncing it. Like, he's originally from South Florida. He's been playing his high school ball at Georgia. So I just, I deferred to the pronunciation that they used at their high school. But I'm just going to start calling him Aguirre again, because every time I call him Aguire, I get angry people in the comments like, you sound like a gringo. Don't pronounce it that way. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to pronounce, I'm just going to call him Popo, okay? So you got Malik Bryant. You've got Popo. You've got Bobby Washington. Uh, it's a tremendous linebacker class of 2023. And I think that there is going to be one more linebacker in this class when it's all said and done. Uh, but we were talking yesterday with John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated. And we were talking a lot about the three guys in the class of 2023. And some folks in the comments were asking, like, don't act like Wesley Besaint is chopped liver. How come you guys don't talk about Wesley Besaint? I'm not ignoring him because I think the Saint is just as good as any of the guys, if not better than any of the guys Miami has brought in in the class of 2023. But just because the is a 2022 guy, I just wasn't talking about him in the same conversation. But it is worthwhile talking about Wesley Besaint because guess what? He's going to be sharing the field a lot with the likes of Popo, Malik Bryant, Bobby Washington, because, yeah, one year separates uh, the four of them. So they're going to be sharing the field a lot together. but. The question is, is Miami now has the number eight ranked class of 2023. Who are the next commits going to be as we try to push on into the top five? And I love Malik Bryant's enthusiasm because he was tweeting out yesterday that Miami's going to have the number one class. He thinks Miami's momentum in recruiting is going to continue. And I believe the Malik Bryant announcement yesterday was the first part of that big next wave that Mario Cristobal was talking about. When he was doing the rounds at ACC Media Days, he sat down with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz of WQAM, and he says that the coaches feel that there's a big next wave coming in recruiting. I believe that the announcement yesterday from Malik Bryant, who is a Miami Hurricane, was the first part of that next wave. 
I believe the next verbal commit is going to be happening later tonight. It's Thursday right now, by the way, in case someone's watching this at a later date and time. It is Thursday. Uh, I believe the next verbal commit will be three-star offensive lineman out of Ocala, Tommy Kinsler. Tommy Kinsler is dropping his commitment tonight, and I am fully expecting this one to go Miami's way. Uh, he plays primarily at tackle at high school, can play left tackle or right tackle, but the belief is he can move inside and be an excellent guard as well. This guy is very athletic and very versatile. And a couple things to consider here. Kinsler is, quote-unquote, only a three-star, but I think this guy is an upper-end three-star. And when it comes to the offensive line recruiting that Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal do, they have an ability to identify talent that goes beyond the star system. Uh, they understand they have great criteria in scouting offensive linemen. And, yeah, sometimes you're going to get the top tackle in the class like Francis Maui Goa who everybody agrees is a stud, or other times Cristobal is going to be able to identify talent in players who he may feel are underrated at three stars and can fit in their system and their scheme very well and are teachable. And I believe Tommy Kinsler is one of those guys. Remember, he was briefly a University of Florida commit, decommitted a few weeks ago. The belief all along has been that Tommy Kinsler will be a hurricane. That's what all the signs are pointing to, that Kinsler could be committing uh, to, well, he is committing tonight, Thursday night, and that he will be verbally committing to the Miami Hurricanes. And he's going to join the likes of Maui Goa, Antonio Tripp, Frankie Tinalau, who apparently has his visa issues worked out. That's another uh, offensive tackle. He's from Australia. He's moving to Florida to play football at LaSalle in Miami this coming season. So it's continuing a strong offensive line class. And I do not believe Miami is anywhere near done on the offensive line. So Tommy Kinsler, I believe, will be literally the next verbal commit to the University of Miami. Uh, we are still on Samson Okunlola watch. That's another top prize in this class. And this is another player like Maui Goa. This isn't some well-kept secret that Mario Cristobal figured out, hey, this guy's really good. No, the secret is out on Pancake Honcho. Everybody in the country knows this guy is a stud. He is the third-rated offensive tackle in the class. So if Miami can lock up Samson Okunlola, they would have the top tackle in Maui Goa and the number three tackle in the class if they can get uh, Okunlola as well. And Maui Goa, by the way, that's another one where – he's so good he could play any position on the line he wants to I don't know if he can play center but he can play right tackle he can play left tackle he can move inside to guard he's got the characteristics I believe Okunlola is more of a pure tackle if he comes in he could end up being Miami's left tackle with Maui Goa perhaps playing right tackle and you're going to be set for the next three, four years, you know, once they come in in 2023, you'd be set for the next three or four years with some of the best tackles in the country, I believe. So um, things are still continuing to trend Miami's way for Okunlola. He has said uh, this over the past few weeks, he has said he does want to make his commitment this summer, does not have a commitment date though set. So we don't know when Okunlola's announcement is going to come. I'm hoping it comes within the next few weeks and it continues that big time wave of momentum for Miami football. But I always caution this. Anytime you're talking about a player as highly touted as Okun Lola, 
people are going to be trying to get in his ear. The Nick Sabans of the world. Uh, I've heard Michigan State has been making a serious push for Samson Okunlola. So until he actually, even if he verbally commits, until he actually signs his national letter of intent in December or in February, other schools are not going to stop recruiting him. So even if he does give you a verbal commit, you're going to have to keep working that one right up until National Signing Day. But things are still looking good for Samson Okunlola. Uh, I don't know exactly when he's going to announce, though. Other candidates you can look at to be the next verbal commits after Tommy Kinsler, who I believe will be verbally committing to Miami tonight. If I'm wrong about that, you guys can all laugh at me tomorrow. All right. But wide receiver William Foles is one to watch. This is a a four-star receiver. Just a few days ago, he tweeted out committing soon. And in a separate tweet, he said August 3rd. Now, there's been some debate as to whether on August 3rd he's going to be actually announcing his verbal commit or just announcing his finalists. Either way, I think this one is very likely, this one, I don't want to make it sound like he's, you know, like uh, like uh, not, not a human being. I think this player, this amazing player, uh, I think is going to be heading towards the University of Miami because you look at the way other schools are no longer recruiting him as heavily. It's been all Miami lately. All the signs are pointing to Miami. Uh, I've been told behind the scenes, very, very good chance that wide receiver William Foles ends up announcing the U. Uh, It looks like a one-horse race right now, Miami versus Miami at this point. William Foles, great size. Physicality is good. Uh, He's played his ball to this point at Dade Christian. Uh, His senior season, he's going to play at avant-garde, but he's been Dade Christian to this point. Really good size and physicality. Uh, I've been watching as much film on this guy as I possibly can for the last few days, everything that's out there on the internet. He looks fast on the field. People tell me his 100-meter times are not that great, but he looks fast on the field, good hands, good catch radius. Um, You know, it's it's nice to have a lot of, like, the 5'10", 5'11", speed guys, but you also need guys with the size like William Foles who – uh, he's listed six foot two. He looks very, very big on the field. Uh, good hands, good catch radius, four star guy. I believe he's going to be a Miami player, whether he announces on August 3rd or he just announces his finalists on August 3rd. I feel very good about William Foles being a Miami Hurricane. Another one that we're looking out for, we are still waiting on a final decision and announcement from four star safety out of New Jersey, Jaden Bonzu. He was supposed to announce a little over a week ago. He postponed indefinitely. Um, I was reading something about Foles, courtesy of D Money from Kane's Insight, who says Miami is continuing to trend in the right direction for Jaden Bonsu. It's not a done deal, but he wants to be a Kane and is coveted. This could be resolved sooner than later, D Money said. So. You know, with with, uh, with my understanding of Bonsu, we talked about him a little bit late last week. Uh, Miami, I believe, is still in the lead for him, but Ohio State has been pushing again. Uh, I think Miami, especially, you know, really having a void to fill in this class at safety, Ohio State has a lot of defensive backs in their class. I think Miami could have just like a fit advantage for him, uh, but Ohio State is pushing for Jaden Bonsu. I hope he makes his, like D Money said, I hope the resolution happens sooner rather than later on this one. And I hope he ends up being a Miami Hurricane. So, folks, that's what we're looking at. I think the wave of momentum is starting again, right? After the Malik Bryant announcement, 
this is going to be a lot like, you know, we had that period in mid late June when we got all those tight end commitments, Emery Williams, Jaden Rashada. Uh, we started, you know, Francis Maui Goa committed. The momentum really, really started to build up there. I think that's going to be happening again here. Uh, so when we come back, boy, we have a lot to get to. We've got some Q&A coming. Great questions from you guys on Twitter. You can tweet us anytime at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us on Twitter, we will follow you back at Locked on Canes. We have some Twitter Q&A on recruiting on the 2022 season. Also, another offensive tackle to watch, right? There, there's more Miami's looking at beyond Samson Okunlola and Tommy Kinsler. There's another offensive tackle that I am really high on that I hope Miami lands. Let's talk about betonline.net. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering info from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. We're available free on YouTube. The show is free, people. Show us some love. We're available wherever you get your pods. So, another offensive tackle to watch that. Um, there's definitely mutual interest between the Miami Hurricanes and six foot seven offensive tackle from South Carolina, Monroe Freeling. I've been repeatedly told he wants to be a cane. Uh, our pal Brad Tejeda has been saying for the last couple of weeks that he thinks Miami is turning up the heat in Monroe Freeling's recruitment since he's, you know, a South Carolina kid, you have to wonder if Clemson could be lurking in the shadows there, but there's definitely mutual interest between the Miami Hurricanes and Monroe Freeling. And it's like we've gotten to a point where um you know, the offensive line which really the issues in recent years cuz Miami's had some players, right? I mean, you look at all the hype that Zion Nelson is getting coming into this year. Uh, Ja'Kai Clark, Scaife getting some hype. So it's like Miami's got some guys on the offensive line. Just there hasn't been enough depth or consistency. Uh, that's what Mario Cristobal is going to try to build. Like he's not only going to get you blue chippers, he's also going to bring you some blue, some glue guys. And he's going to have sometimes three, four blue chippers fighting it out to play two positions, right? If you got two starting tackle positions, you may have three or four blue chip offensive tackles that are, sometimes they'll move into guards. Sometimes you'll have depth guys like Mario Cristobal is trying to build so many options at offensive tackle. And I absolutely love it. And that was one thing, you know, if you talk to Oregon fans about the time that Cristobal spent in Eugene, there's a lot of sour grapes there. Right. You know, him leaving them for another. Right. This didn't sit well with Oregon fans. And then you get a lot of the sour grapes of like, oh, well, this this guy can't even coach. This guy can't develop players like oh, look at J Justin Herbert's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. He didn't do enough here in Oregon. And, you know, oh, this guy doesn't know when to call his timeouts. There's a lot of sour grapes there with Cristobal. But the one thing that everyone agrees on no matter how they feel about Mario who I love by the way no matter how they feel about Mario 
everyone, even the sour Oregon fans agree, this guy knows how to build an O-line. <laughs> like that's one area you're going to be fine. That's what all the Oregon fans tell me. They're, they're, they're going to give me this whole laundry list of all the things they didn't like about Cristobal, but they will all say offensive line. Yeah, you guys are going to be in great shape because <laughs> they're going to develop them. They're going to recruit them. They're going to coach them up. Do not worry one bit about the offensive line. Oh, by the way, another uh, another recruiting note. We'll see if this materializes into anything. And I, I hope he attends the cookout that Miami's going to have on, uh, what is it, Saturday, right? July 30th is Saturday. I'm so bad with dates. Like, you can give me a date. I try to figure out what day of the week it is. It's a whole disaster. But the Hurricanes are having that cookout at the end of the dead period on Saturday. And five-star wide receiver, Jurion Dickey, he's in town. He's going to be in town. I don't, you know... Uh, we don't know if there's going to be recruiting happening because he's spending the next few days on vacation with his family in Miami. But it's like, bro, while you're in town, why don't you stop by maybe for an unofficial visit, stop by the cookout, see what's happening down in Coral Gables. So that was a good report from Gabby Arudia from 24 seven that Dickie is going to be spending the next few days in South Florida on vacation. So that's certainly something to watch. We'll see if Miami can, can get in the mix there because he is he is one of the best players in the country, period. Let's do some Q&A. Got a good question from uh, Zella Gonzo. If I'm saying this starts with an X, so I think it's Z-X-E-L-A, Zella Gonzo. Thank you for the question. He says, is there a young player, like a freshman slash sophomore, who you think might push for a starting role unexpectedly? Um. Oh, I'll go like heavy rotation, perhaps starting roles, uh, because it's like it's going to be so hard to predict starters, uh, especially now since we don't have like the first fall camp depth charts. But I think Miami's got a really gifted freshman class coming in. Certainly a guy that I'm going to be watching. I don't know how healthy he is because nobody seems to know that right now. But a player we mentioned near the top of the show True freshman linebacker, Wesley Besaint, he was in like a few months, I think it was in April, he was in a really bad car crash. He was a passenger, and the crash he was in actually took the life of someone, which is awful. Um, there's been some debate as to like how seriously Besaint was injured. Some people tried to say it could be something that keeps him out for a long time. I did see it reported by the local papers that he needed stitches which doesn't obviously sound that bad if all you need is like have a cut stitched up. Um, so if Wesley Besaint is healthy and able for most of the season, I think he at linebacker uh, could have a great opportunity because Miami doesn't have a whole lot of consistent depth at linebacker. So if Besaint is healthy, uh, I wonder, and he's got to put on a little size, but I wonder if he could get into the rotation heavily year one Um I look at a couple of defensive ends who I think could really get some time this year. Nigelique Kelly, who's already got fantastic size at 240 pounds, six foot four. He's getting bigger. You've noticed everybody in that strength program with Coach Feld and his unbelievable mustache. These guys are all making big gains, big size gains, big strength gains. So Nigelique Kelly out of Dillard is somebody definitely to watch. Could get a lot of playing time at defensive end year one. Cyrus Moss, who had an awesome spring, another true freshman, Bishop Gorman. 
Cyrus Moss had an awesome spring, was one of the standout players in the spring game. He's got the height already. Like, you know, he's six foot six. He's got to get a little bit bigger because like he doesn't necessarily he doesn't necessarily look like a defensive end when you look at him stature wise because he's only listed at 220. You look at him, you're like, wait, is that like a really tall wide receiver? Like, well, what is this guy? He's a defensive end. He's putting on more size. But Cyrus Moss is incredibly gifted and it's going to be hard to keep this guy off the field. So that's another one that I look at. Um, you've got a couple of incoming freshmen who I feel very high on who play at really deep positions. So we'll not talk about starting jobs with these guys, but talking about getting in there and getting some playing time. Jaleel Skinner at tight end. It's going to be hard to get on the field a lot when you've got Will Mallory and Elijah Arroyo in front of you. But I expect Jaleel Skinner, no disrespect to Khalil Brantley, who I also like, but I expect Jaleel Skinner is going to become probably the third tight end called upon. And he could get on the field quite a bit because I just think he's going to be too good to keep off the field. And Trevante Citizen at running back. Again, really deep running back room. There's a lot of guys he's looking up at, but you do have guys in that running back room, to be fair, who have injury histories. And late in the season, once Trevante Citizen just feels more comfortable at the collegiate level and he'll have the fresher legs, I think he's going to get on the field uh, second half of the season and he's going to carve out a spot for himself. You know, you maybe you got you got other young players with a lot of talent and promise, uh, you know, would, would like to see Markeith Williams get some playing time. But the safety room is really, really deep, as we know. Chris Graves, the cornerback out of Fort Myers, would like to see him get in there. So um, Miami's got a really, really strong 2022 class coming in. I know so much of what we've talked about on this show in recent weeks has been 2023. We talk about recruiting. We're in the trenches there talking about that. But a lot of good players in the 2022 class. So that, that's an awesome question there by Mr. Gonzo. Uh, Plateau Kane asks, do you think catching wind that Peyton Kirkland was leaving the state had anything to do with Malik Bryant holding off on his commitment, who ultimately committed to Miami, of course, Malik, uh, where PK committed to Texas? He says at one point they were going to announce together. In the end, it's all good, he says. Um, so as far as like... I don't think that Peyton Kirkland's, uh, you know, all of a sudden he decided to go to Texas. I don't think that has anything to do personally with why Malik Bryant held off his announcement from Saturday, only because I think Malik Bryant had known for weeks that he and Kirkland were not going to be going to the same school. Because I think Malik Bryant had been thinking Miami for a long time, and Peyton Kirkland, I think, had figured out Miami didn't value him the same way he valued himself, that they may have given him ideas of a few things he needs to work on. They may have told him, hey, we'd actually like you to play guard here. And he's set on playing tackle, um, you know, that Miami maybe felt he wasn't serious enough in certain areas. But uh, so, no, I, I don't I don't think that uh, Kirkland suddenly deciding he wanted to leave the state and go to Texas. I, I don't think that that had anything to do with Malik Bryant pushing back from Saturday because I think Bryant had already known that he and Kirkland were not going to the same place. Uh, oh, this is a, this is a, well, we, we got a couple of lighter notes from the questions I want to get to on the other side. And I also, I want to ask you guys a very important question about the all ACC team because the preseason all ACC team has been announced 
The preseason team, it's fine. It's great to see some of your players mentioned. The one that really matters, though, is the postseason All-ACC team. So who do we think is going to work their way onto the postseason All-ACC? Because Miami doesn't have a whole lot on the preseason team. We'll get to that and more when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We're part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jason Maxwell asks, over under one and a half Miami quarterbacks throwing a touchdown against Florida State. That's cheeky. I see what you did there, Jason. You are implying Miami's going to blow Florida State out. Or I hope you're not implying that Florida State is blowing out Miami because aren't those like those are, you know, Injuries aside, knock on wood, nobody gets hurt. But outside of that, the only possibilities for getting two quarterbacks in the game throwing touchdowns would be you're winning by a blowout or you're losing by a blowout. Um, I will say this. I would love to see Tyler Van Dyke throw for three or four touchdowns against Florida State and Miami's up comfortably. And then Jake Garcia comes in and throws a touchdown or two against Florida State. uh, I think Jake Garcia has the stuff. You know, TVD is the man. Jake is going to be the man the following year. So I I would love to see it. But I you guys know me. I'm very superstitious. So I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about blowouts of anyone because Miami was supposed to blow out Florida State last year. Even on the road, Miami was a heavy favorite. They should have blown out Florida State. They lost that game in tragic, heartbreaking fashion. We can talk about all the things that went wrong in that game, including 14 penalties, Tyler Van Dyke having a really bad first half, a lot of fourth and 14, a lot of things didn't go right in that game last year. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to talk about a blowout because I've, I've been wrong on that stuff before. Oh, I love the, these next two comments. Bradenton Kane tweeted to us. Mario is pushing Billy into the locker yet again. (laughs) Mario, he's stuffing Billy Napier in the locker. I saw. I wish I remembered who tweeted this so I could credit them. But somebody tweeted to me yesterday. I hope Billy Napier has Wi-Fi in that locker because he's living in that locker now that Mario stuffed him into. Like, <laughs> you know. And I feel I feel bad because um, and you got you guys need to support because um, he's it's a good show and he's one of the nicest guys I know. Um, Brandon, who hosts Locked On Gators. Give Brandon some love. He's one of the nicest dudes ever. Like we 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 communicate a lot. We talk recruiting. We talk via DM, and so it's like I I, I don't trash talk Brandon because he's such a nice dude. But it's like every time I see these memes of Billy Napier getting stuffed in the locker, it's like oh should I send it to Brandon and like rub it in his face? Because yeah, Miami keeps winning these head to head recruiting battles against Florida. Uh, FJ said to us in a YouTube comment, he says. Oh, sorry, this is the one. My bad. I, I said I didn't know who to credit for the Wi-Fi comment, but this is the one. I wrote this down. I don't know why I didn't see this right in front of me, but it was FJ who said, this was on Twitter. He said, G5 Billy is going to have to have Wi-Fi set up in that locker. So that was the one. FJ, thank you so much for that comment. So good, guys, and keep them coming. You can tweet us day and night at Locked on Canes, and we will follow you back if you follow us. So, okay, this is one to think about. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. Here's the game plan for tomorrow's show. We are going to recap Tommy Kinsler's commitment. 
I think it's going to be to Miami. Even if it's not, we're going to talk Tommy Kinsler. And I have sent out an invitation. I've sent out the bat signal to our pal Larry Bluestein to join us. Because if anyone can talk about Tommy Kinsler, it's Larry Bluestein who's watched him play in person. So we're going to have the full scouting report on Tommy Kinsler, assuming he's going to be a Miami Hurricane uh, announcing tonight. We're going to talk about him. And we're also going to talk about all ACC teams. So Miami... Uh, in the preseason voting, the media got together last week at Media Days. You've got tight end Will Mallory, left tackle Zion Nelson, and punter Lou Headley were named to the preseason All-ACC team. Who do you think is going to end up on the postseason All-ACC team, which is the one that really matters? I'd love you guys to drop comments to us on Twitter at Locked on Canes because personally – I think guys who are going to get themselves in the running for those postseason honors, Tyler Van Dyke, who was third in voting, uh, so he did not make first team all ACC. I think Tyler Van Dyke is going to be the best quarterback in the ACC when it's all said and done. He's been behind uh, Devin Leary and Sam Hartman are the guys who got more votes than him. I think he's going to outshine them this year. Watch out for Leonard Taylor, Akeem Mesidor, one of the great transfer portal guys. James Williams at safety, I think, is another one to watch. I think that's a handful of players who, by season's end, are going to earn themselves strong consideration for all ACC team when it's all said and done. Thank you so much, guys, for watching, for listening. Keep spreading the word. Um, if you guys are enjoying Locked on Canes, we come at you every day. Make sure to tell your friends. You've got Hurricanes fans in your life who may not be up with what we're doing on Locked on Canes because we I've only actually been doing this since April, so the show is very new, at least since I took over. So spread the word. Let's build an army out there, guys. Let's build the Locked on Canes uh, army or the Locked on Canes family. It's a little friendlier to say family because an army, it's like, you know, we're nonviolent, okay? Let's build a Locked on Canes. Oops, I just knocked my microphone out of place. Let's build a Locked on Canes family. And, folks, make sure you make – Locked on ACC, your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. We will talk to you again tomorrow on a big episode of Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.